Dear Father in heaven, blessed be thy holy name. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the privilege to be among the living today. Now, dear Lord, our greatest desire is that every day we make a step closer in preparation for the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. What we ought to be when you come, Lord, we pray that you will help us to take a step in that direction now. As we go through the words of our devotion, inspire in us courage and faith and give us the desire to walk in the way of righteousness and truth. I commit every one of us listening unto your care that you will grant to us the gift of your Holy Spirit. As for myself, Lord, I bring myself to you and I pray, please, grant me of your spirit and put your words in my mouth. May blessings be spoken to your children that will edify and build us up into the most holy faith that we may be worthy subjects of your kingdom. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage July 30 The battle is the Lord's. O our God, will thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. Second Chronicles chapter 20 verse 12 Toward the close of Jehoshaphat's reign, the kingdom of Judah was invaded by an army before whose approach the inhabitants of the land had reason to tremble. Jehoshaphat was a man of courage and valor. For years, he had been strengthening his armies and his fortified cities. He was well prepared to meet almost any foe. Yet, in this crisis, he put not his trust in the arm of flesh, not by disciplined armies and fenced cities, but by a living faith in the God of Israel could he hope to gain the victory over these heathen, who boasted of their power to humble Judah in the eyes of the nations. Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Standing in the temple court before his people, Jehoshaphat poured out his soul in prayer, pleading God's promises with confession of Israel's helplessness. With confidence, Jehoshaphat could say to the Lord, Our eyes are upon thee. For years, he had taught the people to trust in the one who in past ages had so often interposed to save his chosen ones from utter destruction. And now, when the king was in peril, Jehoshaphat did not stand alone. All Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives and their children. Unitedly they fasted and prayed. Unitedly, they besought the Lord to put their enemies into confusion. 
that the name of Jehovah might be glorified. God was the strength of Judah in this crisis and he is the strength of his people today. We are not to trust in princes or to set men in the place of God. We are to remember that human beings are fallible and erring and that he who has all power is our strong tower of defense. In every emergency, we are to feel that the battle is his. His resources are limitless and apparent impossibilities will make the victory all the greater. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is The Battle is the Lord's and I am so excited having come to this part of the scriptures in the life of this man called Jehoshaphat. Why am I excited? It's because I love Jehoshaphat's story so much and also that of his father Asha because in them I am encouraged that the life of a righteous man is not in vain. It is not in, it's not vain to serve the Lord. I am so convinced of that when I look at the life of King Asher and his son, King Jehoshaphat. It gives me that confidence to press on to do right, to press on to walk in righteousness, to press on to make a complete surrender to the Lord because I see the reward of a righteous life and the power of influence used aright in their lives, the two of them. You see, while Israel was going deeper and deeper in apostasy from one king to another, in Judah, a different order of things was taking place. Asha, one of the best kings Judah ever had, had a son called Jehoshaphat, who was a very remarkable man. Leaders who are committed with the work of directing God's people will do well to read about this man and his reign over Judah and they would have a lot to learn from the life of kings like these men. Of the kings of Judah, Asha, Jehoshaphat, Hezekiah and Josiah have their names separated as outstanding men whom the Lord used through whose influence many, many lives of the children of Judah will be resurrected in the second coming of Jesus. Also, we have people like Uzzah and his son Jotham. They were great men of influence, though maybe not like these aforementioned kings. You see, these men used their influence so greatly, so powerfully, so rightly, that they will have their crown heavy with stars because they turned many people to righteousness. Like his father, King Asher, Jehoshaphat, had also seen the folly of idolatry and understood that the prosperity of those under him and of himself too was dependent on their faithfulness to God and their obedience to his commandments. Do you remember what we just left off? Israel, three and a half years no rain, but there was rain in the land of Judah. Judah is just very close to Israel. The Lord made it to be that the rain will fall in Judah. Jehoshaphat was the king of Judah while Ahab was king of Israel. They were contemporaries. They reigned at the same time. They were even close friends. Jehoshaphat and Ahab. It was wrong of Jehoshaphat anyway, but Ahab was his very close friend. Rain is falling in Judah, but rain is not falling in the land of Israel. 
the prophet Amos recalling what the Lord did to Israel concerning this matter said in the book of Amos 4 from verse 1 he says hear this word you kind of passion that are in the mountain of Samaria which oppress the poor which crush the needy which say to their master bring and let us drink the Lord God had sworn by his holiness that lo the days shall come upon you that he will take away he will take you away with hooks and your prosperity with fish hooks verse 6 now says and I also have given you cleanness of teeth in all your cities and want of bread in all your places yet have you not returned unto me says the Lord and also I have withholding the rain from you when there were yet three months to the harvest and I caused it to rain upon one city and caused it not to rain upon another city one piece was rained upon and the piece whereupon it rained not rained not withered so two or three city, cities wandered unto one city to drink water but they were not satisfied yet have you not returned unto me says the Lord you see these were words written by prophet Amos telling us how the Lord knows how to punish the wicked and he knows how to preserve the righteous within the same vicinity they are not far from each other the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom rain was falling for Jehoshaphat but rain was not falling for Ahab why obedience to the commandments of God and that's what we are going to look at now in the life of Jehoshaphat and the results of it reading from 2nd Chronicles chapter 17 from verse 2 it says concerning Jehoshaphat after he began to reign it says and he placed in all the fenced cities of Judah and the set garrisons in the land of Judah and in the cities of Ephraim which Asher his father had taken verse 3 now says and the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the first ways of his father David and sought not unto Baalim but sought to the Lord God of his father and walked in his commandments and not after the doings of Israel do you know why the Lord mentioned Baalim here? Because that was what was going on in Israel. Baal was never really served in Judah, but the Lord mentions it here in comparison to what was going on in Israel. Going on verse 5 says, Therefore, the Lord established the kingdom in Jehoshaphat's hand, and all Judah brought to Jehoshaphat presents, and he had riches and honor in abundance. Brothers and sisters, do you want to prosper even financially? do what Jehoshaphat did and what is it that Jehoshaphat did he placed forces in fence cities and he served God he did not depart from the commandments of God verse 4 says but sought the Lord of God his father and walked in his commandments do you see that the commandments is the bone of contention from Genesis down to this place we are now in the book of first Kings the commandments the commandments Ahab was accused by Elijah you forsook the commandments of the Lord now we are reading Jehoshaphat continued in the commandments of the Lord and what is the result the Lord established him do you want to be established wherever you are keep the commandments of the Lord it may seem for the instant now that keeping of the Lord's commandments will cause you to perhaps lose your job it may cause you to have some maybe opposition for a while but be patient wait on the Lord and he will bring it to pass you will see that in the latter end even in this life you will be protected you will do well your bread and your water will be sure every of your need your necessities will be taken care of and be encouraged let us continue now it says 
concerning Jehoshaphat that the Lord established him. Now, notice how that because Jehoshaphat sought God in all his ways, and like it is written, he walked in the commandments of God, not after the doings of Israel, it resulted in the Lord blessing him and establishing the kingdom in his hands. It never pays to turn away from the commandments of God and it will always reap great dividends for us, dividends of prosperity when we follow after God's commandments. The life of Jehoshaphat and many others is a testimony to this fact. Now, as the Lord established the kingdom in his hands, Jehoshaphat, like his father Asha, reciprocated the favor by doing greater spiritual revivals and reformations in Israel and not only in Judah but in the surrounding nations. Let's see what Jehoshaphat did. Let us see now what we can use influence to do. I know we have talked about this when we looked at the life of Solomon, but it doesn't hurt to look at it again. I love what Jehoshaphat did with his influence. Are you someone who has influence? Perhaps you are a leader wherever you are, anywhere. As far as you have influence, you have people under you. Even if you don't have people under you, we all have influence. But more so when you are a person of high position, what should you do with it? Let us read what Jehoshaphat did with his own. Remember that you should re- respect people's liberty of conscience. You don't force people to serve God, but you can do something at least. He let's hear what he did. Second Chronicles 17 from verse 6 says, And Jehoshaphat's heart was lifted up in the ways of the Lord. Moreover, he took away the high places and groves out of Judah. And in the third year of his reign, he sent to his princes, even to Benhail, and to Obadiah, and to Zechariah, and to Nathaniel, and to Micaiah, and to teach in the cities of Judah. So, what can you do? You can't force people to do right, but you can, with your influence, do what? Organize events to teach people bring facilitators are you a consultant are you a boss bring in facilitators that will teach your people not force them but teach them to do right verse 8 now says and with them he sent levites even shemiah and nethaniah and zebadiah and asahel and shemiramoth and jehonathan and adonijah and tobijah and tobadonijah levites and with them Elishama and Jehoram, priests. And they taught in Judah and had the book of the law of the Lord with them and went about throughout all the cities of Judah and taught the people. And what was the result of this? They taught, take notes, they did not force, they did not compel, they just taught the people to do right. They taught them the commandments of the Lord. Let's hear the result, verse 10. And the fear of the Lord fell upon all the kingdoms of the lands that were round about Judah so that they made no war against Jehoshaphat. Also some of the Philistines wow, brought Jehoshaphat presents and tribute silver and the Arabians brought him flocks, 7,700 rams and 7,700 he goods. And Jehoshaphat waxed great exceedingly and he built in Judah castles and cities of store and he had so much business in the cities of judah and the men of war mighty men of valor were in jerusalem amen let me stop here to digest what we just read you see what i was saying earlier how did jehoshaphat become great was it by conquering nations and taking the spoil and taking what he got from them no it was not like that jehoshaphat 
got great by a spiritual warfare. He was wrestling not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. So therefore he took the armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, the belt of truth, and his shoes shot about with the gospel of peace, with making much prayers. And that was how Jehoshaphat conquered. How did he conquer the Philistines? Not by fighting them. Some of the Philistines brought presents to him. He had peace with all the nations around him. The fear of the Lord fell upon all the kingdoms around Jehoshaphat. Why? Because he followed the commandments of the Lord and also he made effort to teach others these same commandments. You see the result? I am so convinced and I am so, so sure that if I do this same thing, I will get the same result. Not necessarily in being rich like Jehoshaphat, no, but that I will be established and I will have peace because the commandments of God, Bible says it brings righteousness and the Bible says that great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. I am sure of it. And the Bible is giving us examples of this over and over again, showing us that those who depart from the commandments of the Lord do not know peace and they have troubles always coming in their lives. And even David, when he kept the commandments, he was protected of the Lord. But when it was that he departed from it, his family did not know peace. Jehoshaphat, King Asher are examples to us that those who follow the Lord and those who take away from them, not just following the Lord, but zealously put away the worship of idols and teach the people to do right, will be established in their kingdom and they will know peace. Remember, it also happened with Solomon. I'll continue now. Second Chronicles 17 from verse 15 says, from verse 14 says, And these are the numbers of them according to the house of their fathers, of Judah, the captains of thousands, Adna, the chief, and with him mighty men of valor, 300,000. Now, this is the army of Jehoshaphat. It says, And next to him was Jehonan, Jehohanan, the captain, and with him two hundred and fourscore thousand, that's two hundred and eighty thousand. And next him was Amasiah, the son of Zichri, who willingly offered himself unto the Lord, and with him two hundred thousand mighty men of valor. Why did the Bible record of Amasiah that he willingly offered himself? It was because of the influence of Jehoshaphat that he had this kind of men walking with him. It goes on to say, And of Benjamin, Eliada, a mighty man of valor, and with him armed men with bow and shield, two hundred thousand. And next him was Jehozabad, and with him an hundred and fourscore thousand, that's hundred and eighty thousand, ready, prepared for the war. These waited on the king beside those whom the king put in the fenced cities throughout all Judah. Amen. You see, this is the result of faithfulness. It is on record that Jehoshaphat works great exceedingly. That is beyond measure. His greatness could not be quantified. That's the meaning of exceedingly. But what was the secret? We've already said it. Leviticus 26. Obedience to God's commandments. God had already promised that anyone who obeys his commandments will be blessed greatly. Jehoshaphat had faith in this promise. We should be inspired with faith in that same promise. And he was reaping the reward of his faith in God's word. This is a lesson for us. We usually sing the song, His word our lamp. You know, that song, Let every lamp be burning bright. And in that song, there's a verse that says, His word our lamp, His truth our guide. We cannot be mistaken. Obedience brings the blessings near when faith has firmly bound us. That's what we sing in the song. 
obedience brought the blessings near to Jehoshaphat and it will bring it near to anyone who who will persevere in obedience. And remember, it took time for Jehoshaphat. He didn't just get great in one day. It took time. He did not reap the benefits in one year or two or even ten. As he advanced and remained consistent in obedience, the Lord blessed him more and more. Now, Jehoshaphat had a test which he must pass through. You know, he made friends with Ahab and his son married the daughter of Jezebel called Ataliah. Now, this would later be a source of trouble to Judah. Once again, we see the result of a bad influence. You see, Satan has his tricks. Though Jehoshaphat was having a good time, he just wanted to ensure that something will be done to destroy Judah. And Jehoshaphat made his child to marry the daughter of Jezebel, Ataliah. This became a trouble later. You see, at the time, Jehoshaphat had gone to battle to assist Ahab when the Lord was determined to kill Ahab in that battle. Jehoshaphat was almost killed, but the Lord preserved him. You see, this was a bad decision, which he was rebuked for, and he took his correction. Sometime later, the Lord decided to test his faith. Reading from Conflict and Courage, page 217, paragraph 2, we saw, he says, Toward the close of Jehoshaphat's reign, the kingdom of Judah was invaded by an army before whose approach the inhabitants of the land had reason to tremble. End of quote. Now, remember what I just read concerning Jehoshaphat's army. One of his soldiers, which was Amasiah, had 280,000 men under him. And he had Jehohanan also, who had 280,000. Eliada of Benjamin had 200,000 men. And they had bows and shields. And he had Jehozebad, all of them 180,000. You see, he had a mighty army too. But at this time, he had war that was coming to meet him. It says in Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1, It came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon, so two nations coming together, and with them others beside the Ammonites, so more than two nations, others came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Wow. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side Syria. And behold, they be in Hazazontama, which is Engedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Let me pause here. Let me ask, if it was King Saul who had this battle, what do you think King Saul would do? Get me my army. Let us proclaim a war. Let's go and fight. That's what King Saul would do. To King Saul, every battle was flesh. It was flesh and blood. It was not spiritual. He would just go quickly. Any other thing he does is just to show as if he's spiritual. King Saul always had confidence in himself. But look at Jehoshaphat's example. Even with the army he had and how he fortified his cities before now, what did Jehoshaphat do when he heard about the war? He called all Judah to join him in prayer. To many, this will seem like a sign of weakness. You see, King Saul was someone who, if you say, let's pray, it will look like, ah, he's afraid, he's weak. Jehoshaphat was not afraid to show that he was afraid. Why? He didn't think that he was going to fight these people by himself. He made all Israel understand, do not put your trust in me. I am a mighty man of valor, yes. I have my men of war, yes. But we are nothing if we go to a battle without the Lord. He knew that. And he was not afraid to show his weakness to the people and cause them to have confidence in God and not in himself. 
it's a lesson for us teach people to pray Jehoshaphat as a king called the people to pray he did not tell them depend on me I am your king I will deliver you no he made them realize that they should turn to God he told them to fast and pray reading from verse 6 now it says in from verse 5 now it says and Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said O Lord God of our fathers art not thou God in heaven and rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen and in thine hand is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand thee art not thou our God who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel and giveth it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever and they dwelt therein and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name saying if when evil cometh upon us as the sword judgment or pestilence or famine we stand before this house and in thy presence for thy name is in this house and cry unto thee in our affliction then will thou hear and help and now behold the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt but they turned from them and destroyed them not behold I say how they reward us to come to cast us out of thy possession which thou hast given us to inherit O our God will thou not judge them for we have no might against this great company that cometh against us neither know we what to do but our eyes are upon thee and all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones their wives and their children amen reading from conflict and courage page 217 paragraph 4 we were told with confidence Jehoshaphat could say to the Lord our eyes are upon thee end of quote why was it that Jehoshaphat could have this confidence it is because before now he had always served the Lord so he could confidently come and tell the Lord Lord we are depending on you when Rehoboam went to fight a war against Shishak king of Egypt he could not with confidence say this and if he had prayed this Lord we are depending on you the Lord would not have heard him why because before that time he had departed from the Lord and brought Sodomites into the land his mother Nama and himself and his wife Maka they were people who were following after idols and they couldn't with confidence make that prayer and the Lord wouldn't have delivered them but when they repented the Lord still allowed Shishak to conquer them to an extent but for Jehoshaphat this was not the case and look at how he recounted why he wanted the Lord to help because the people who were coming to fight him were nations that the Lord said Israel should not fight against Ammon were children of Lot and the Lord did not allow Israel to fight them Moab were also children of Lot and the Lord did not allow Israel to fight them the Ammonites and the Moabites now Jehoshaphat was saying these are the people coming against us Lord please help us like I said earlier Jehoshaphat recognized that this battle was not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers you see this prayer of Jehoshaphat which we read it tells us how we also should combine faith and works but we must also be sure that we have done our part before we can seek God's blessings for example in the matter of victory over sin if someone struggles with a particular sin if they want their prayers to be heard then they must comply with the conditions the Word of God says for example that we are to make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust 
Jehoshaphat had done this, he had fortified the fenced cities. Also, the word of God had said, avoid all evil communication, make no friends with an angry man, set no wicked thing intentionally before your eyes, etc. All these things the Lord says. If we have not done it and we come to the Lord in the time of temptation, Lord, deliver me. Most likely, you will get no answer because you have already departed from the word of the Lord. If we have done all in our power, we may still be assailed with temptation. We can pray in faith and the Lord will give us victories. But if we neglect to do our part and go contrary to these barriers that the Lord has erected to protect us and then we pray for deliverance, it is just as a presumptuous man who enters a lion's den unprovoked and begins to pray for the lion not to eat him. We are tempting God and we will surely be overcome. If, however, we do what we are supposed to do, and we realize our error and pray, the Lord may hear us. Reading from Prophets and Kings, page 486, paragraph 3, to show us how we must combine faith and works, it says, and I quote, Herein is revealed the outworking of the divine principle of cooperation, without which no true success can be attained. Human effort avails nothing without divine power. And without human endeavor, divine effort is with many of no avail. To make God's grace our own, we must act our part. His grace is given to work in us, to will and to do, but never as a substitute for our effort. End of quote. Jehoshaphat had already done his own effort, but he did not depend on the fortified cities or even on his righteousness and say, since I have been living in righteousness, let us go and fight. No, his dependence was still on God. This is a lesson for us in the battle for victory over sin. We won't get the victory unless, like Jehoshaphat, we erect the barriers, the fenced cities, follow those laws that the Lord has given, which look as if you don't follow them, you are not necessarily breaking the law of God. For example, the social reform. The Lord says, do not walk by this, the, the house of the, of the lewd woman, of the temptress, of the adulteress. If you walk by her house, have you sinned? Not necessarily. But when you go there, you are not doing what the Lord has asked you to do. You are not erecting the barriers. You are not doing your own work. The Lord says, do not set wicked things before your eyes. When you set a wicked thing before your eyes, that one you are even sinning against the Lord already. When the Lord says, make no provision for the lost, for the flesh to fulfill his lust thereof, we are to do our work. Having done our work like Jehoshaphat, when temptation comes, we can pray to the Lord, Lord, please help me. I have done what I can. The temptation is still here. Please give me the grace to overcome. Reading from our high calling, page 91, paragraph 2, it says, page 91, it says, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. What does this mean? It means that every day you are to distrust your own human effort and wisdom. Take note, distrust it doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it, but even after you have done your human effort, distrust it. Continuing, it says, you are to fear to speak at random, fear to follow your own impulses, fear that pride of heart and love of the world and lust of the flesh shall exclude the precious grace the Lord Jesus is longing to bestow upon you. Man's working, as brought out in the text, is not an independent work he performs without God. His whole dependence is upon the power and grace of the divine worker. Many miss the mark here and claim that man must walk his own individual self free from divine power. This is not in accordance with the text. 
Another argues that man is free from all obligation because God does it all, both the willing and the doing. The text means that the salvation of the human soul requires the willpower to be subjected to the divine willpower. And it is the very hardest, sternest conflict which comes with the purpose and are of great resolve and decision of the human to incline the will and way to God's will and God's way. Man is allotted a part in this great struggle for ever everlasting life. He must respond to the working of the Holy Spirit. It will require a struggle to break through the powers of darkness, but the spirit that works in him can and will accomplish this. But man is no passive instrument to be saved in indolence. He is called upon to strain every muscle in the struggle for immortality. Yet, it is God that supplies the efficiency. Here are man's works and here are God's works. With these two combined powers, man will be victorious and receive a crown of life at last. He puts to the stretch every spiritual nerve and muscle that he may be a successful overcomer in this work and that he may obtain the precious boon of eternal life." End of quote. And in the life of Jehoshaphat, we see the combination of man's work and God's work together in the struggle for victory and he was heard of by the Lord. Brothers and sisters, be encouraged with this. We must work out our salvation with fear and trembling. It pays to serve God and to be obedient to Him. But we must not be confident in self even after we have kept the commandments of the Lord. We must still depend on God. We must distrust our works, though those works are necessary. But we must distrust them because it is not them that gives us the victory. It is the Lord. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Remember that we have our breastplate of righteousness. So righteousness is a defense, but it is not the only defense. We must still have the shield of faith and we must have the sword of the spirit and prayer. Then our armor will be complete with the, hel the helmet of salvation and the shoes shared about the gospel of peace. Why? Jehoshaphat had this armor. Before now, he had already been taking the gospel of peace all around him. He had the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation. He had the sword of the spirit with him and he prayed and he had faith. All this was his armor and he used it against the people that came to fight him. We are to use this armor of the Lord. We have a battle to fight like Jehoshaphat. The children of Ammon and Moab are coming against us. Satan is bringing his flood of temptation to us these days. But like Jehoshaphat, we should learn the lesson. Today, we are living in a time of peace. Trouble is coming very soon. What do we do in the time of peace? We should erect barriers. We should build fenced cities. How do we do that? Continue to study the word of God. You see, the story of King Jehoshaphat and his father, King Asher, is so similar. I like this family so much. So similar. They did exactly the same thing. Remember, remember how Asher purged Israel, purged Judah 
of idolatry, even removing his mother, Maka, from being queen. And he swore unto the Lord. You can imagine his son, Jehoshaphat, was among those who, in those days, who joined his father to swear and make a covenant with the Lord that they will keep his commandments. Jehoshaphat must have been part of them in those days. And he continued in the steps of his father, Asher, in the steps of his father, David. We should learn this lesson. Prosperity comes by keeping the commandments of God and know how to use the time of peace in which that we are enjoying now. Now that you don't have wars against you, now that you are not living in poverty, now that the Lord has made you to prosper, use this time to fortify yourself in the word of God. Use this time to teach the gospel to people. A time is coming when it will be impossible for you to do it. A time is coming when the world will stifle your speech and you will not be able to preach the gospel. A time is coming when there will be wars set against us so that it will be difficult for us to do any evangelism. Now that we have the time of peace, why don't we like Jehoshaphat? Go around the world, send the teachers to preach so that we can have peace. Another lesson we learn is that just because we are keeping God's commandments and doing right like Jehoshaphat does not mean that there won't be times when people will have uh, ought against us or when in our lives generally we may not have something to trouble us. Job was a righteous man and he uh, the Lord permitted him to have a terrible illness, perhaps more terrible than any other person in this life and even Jehoshaphat was a righteous man but he had war in this time. The Lord permits the righteous to have these times of trials to increase their faith and also to even establish them more and to exalt them. Jehoshaphat with this battle, at the end of it we will see that he even became greater than he was before. So while going in the right direction, you may sometimes have trouble. Realize that if you continue doing right, even during that time of trouble, you will come out of it better than you were. We'll look at that even more later. But for now, remember that the Lord, the Lord will establish us if we use our influence to bring about righteousness around us and if we follow after the commandments of the Lord. Let us pray. Our loving Father in heaven, we thank you for giving us such an inspiration in the life of the man Jehoshaphat. I pray, Father, that all who are listening will be inspired with confidence to know that it pays to follow the Lord, that it pays to keep your commandments, that you will establish us if we do right. I am sure of it, but I also pray that those who are listening, if they have been vacillating before now, wondering whether they should follow the Lord or not, I pray that they will not halt between two opinions again, but that they will give a complete surrender to you in the areas where they have been failing perhaps they have been afraid that if they keep your commandments they will lose this or lose that they may not find a husband or they may lose the one they already have or they may lose their job lord inspire in them the confidence that you will be their helper and that you will sustain them lord thank you for hearing our prayers and thank you for answering in jesus name we've prayed amen
You shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourself, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them. For the Lord will be with you. For the You shall not need to fight in this battle.